Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Need more energy throughout the day? Looking for a kick to your workout? RockinThatIDLife.com has you covered with delicious flavors you've grown to love in tropical fruit and mixed berry, but now fall in love with the new fruit punch and orange flavors. Try them all at RockinThatIDLife.com. Realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage LLC makes the moving process easier. Work with a realtor who plays and studies the game and will work as hard as the boys on the ice to get you the best deal. Check out Mike on the web at strikewithmike.com and jumpstart your move today. That's strikewithmike.com. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Let's have a doink, bro. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Ogilvorp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, Selfish hockey. hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Hey, Blues fans. I like to consider myself a friend of the show. This is TSN analyst and former Blues netminder Jamie McLennan. And here's Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. Welcome to episode 28 of season 11. This is episode number 404 all time of the often imitated, never duplicated, I got my eye on the three of you guys. Uh, you pull one thing, you're out of this game. I run a clean game here. I have any trouble here? I'll suspend you. With the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Try to listen to the fucking song. <laughs> Let's go Blues Radio. I love the uh, the referee's uh, reaction to that too. He's like, oh, oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> Special thanks to our sponsors, Rock and Life.com, Strike with Mike.com, and CenterIceBrewery.com for proudly sponsoring the show. Please check them out. Also, don't forget to check out our t-shirt shop at letsgoblues.com for the very best St. Louis Blues-themed t-shirts at a fair price. It is Tuesday, March 14th. It is the 14th. It is. Uh, we're streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. To interact with the show on social media, our handle on all the socials is at LGB Radio. I'm Kurt Price, and my co-host for the big show tonight is Jeff Ponder. Uh, Bill Day is um, on assignment. As well as producer Austin. And producer Austin is on assignment, too, so it's just, it's just us. This so, is a uh, this is the OG uh, cast here, it right? Is. It is. This is this is the original of uh, Let's Go Blues Radio here. The original two. It actually it it, it is uh, yeah like the the NHL's original six is the original two. Yes. Uh, to interact with the show on social media, our handle on the socials is at LGB Radio. The agenda for today includes discussion about yeah a bunch of stuff. The the loss to Vegas on Sunday. Uh, we're gonna talk. We're gonna have a little fun with our uh, our gosh last five years of play against the San Jose Sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, coaches' challenges possibly to be expanded. We'll talk about that. And the NHL is rumored to be expanding soon, or at least some people are talking about it. Um, and then uh, next up for the Blues uh, coming up. So, and the reason why we're doing the show tonight on Tuesday is because the Blues play Wednesday. They play uh, the Minnesota Wild on Wednesday, and I'll be at that and game with my not- daughter. And it's also not like, well, there you go. That's part of it, too. I didn't realize that. But, yeah, it's also that it's an 830 game. So, yeah, 
post-game, pre-game, that's kind of right smack dab in the middle of the evening, and it's hard to really do anything. Yeah, and I would not have been available anyhow. It would have been, it'd have been you yeah. guys. Use guys. Use guys. You're looking use for. guys, sorry. Utes. Utes. Yep. Use guys. Utes. Utes, Utes. guys. <laughs> uh, the uh, Hey, so what is new with you, Jeff? Anything Me? You, uh, you just had a nap. <laughs> I did. That was fantastic. Uh, yeah, it, it. you know, with kids, especially little kids, it is hard to get a nap in. And uh-huh. um, yep. I had a, a long day. I didn't sleep well last night. And my goodness, I uh, was about eight thir- eight fifteen to about nine o'clock. I got a full forty five minutes in, and it was incredible. Uh, kid didn't bother me once. It was great. I woke up and I'm like, oh my god, that's the longest nap I think I've had in ten years. You're like Buddy the Elf. You got a full forty minutes. <laughs> yeah. isn't, that, isn't that what he says? Yep. Forty minutes? Yes, I think, I think so. <laughs> uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, things are good. Uh, played in four hockey games on Sunday, which was hmm. brutal. Uh, lost great. three of them, <laughs> and that sucked. Um, yeah, we, my ice hockey team. Unfortunately, we've we've been saying all year it's a rebuilding year. We had a resurgence. We were oh nine and one to start the year, so it was awful. How many games we did lost? You play? Six, uh, twenty. So we were oh nine and one to start. And we uh, we lost six of our eight leading scores from the previous year when we won the championship, and so it was like I said, we was, we kept saying it's a rebuilding year. We ended up winning, uh, rattling off six wins in a row after that. So we were six nine and one, and we were like, okay, we're still going to make the playoffs. We'll come in as the last seed and still win. Then the wheels came off again. So we've got one game left. We are now, what are we? Seven? What would that be? Seven, nine, and one. Is that right? 20 games, one game left. No, that's not right. I I don't know. I wasn't paying attention to the numbers, so. (laughs) That's okay. We have one game left, and pretty much one team has to lose both their games, which they're not going to do, and we have to win. Um, Pretty much season over, but that's okay. Can't win them all. Hmm. How about you? What's going on with you? Um, I'm playing a lot of pickleball. Nice. <laughs> Love me some pickleball. Uh yeah, I'm on the I'm on the pickleball boat. So. I thought of you uh we're watching that show Shrinking. Have mm-hmm. you watched that yet? I have not. You know what it is? No, I do not. That's the one with uh it's it's gotten high reviews. It's good. It's Harrison Ford's in it with uh Jason Jason uh Jason Siegel. Um and uh, it's about a basically a therapist that loses his mind and starts radicalizing therapy and it's actually really really good hmm. but one of the things he's got a teenage daughter and his friend invites him to go pickleball and uh, so he tells his teenage daughter yeah i'm gonna go play pickleball and she's like he ditched me for pickleball he made that up what the hell is that anyway and harris ford's like it's the fastest growing sport in america and I was it like, is that's what kurt's been telling it me. is yeah i played for about three and a half hours last night um nice that was fun Enjoyed it. I yeah, play a couple times a week now, um, two or three times a week. So wow, it's I. I mean, is it good exercise I, or is it just more fun? It is. Well, if you're playing, um, good players, yeah, it's good. It's good exercise. You, you you'll run around. You, you, you run around more. It's not just you're not just stationary. I mean, well, older folks that play are more stationary. They don't move around quite as much because they're just not as mobile. But uh, yeah, if you're in a competitive game and you know you're athletic and it's gonna you're gonna be running around. I mean, it's 
it is what it's 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 a combination between tennis and ping pong and and badminton kind of so it's um no it's it's a lot of fun i uh i've I've hung up my uh hockey skates and <laughs> uh yeah i'm approaching 50 i'm 48 years old yes yeah, so that's crazy i know um i do miss the hockey every now and then though but, you do uh, know that when you turn 50, we, we have to replace you with like a 21, 22-year-old, <laughs> right? Uh, female, right? You got you to yes, female, get a female yes. on the show. <laughs> and then when she hits 30, we have to replace her. <laughs> or have her have some work done. <laughs> That's the way it works. Exactly. Yeah, women accept that as part of the deal in, uh, right. in uh, yeah, Hollywood. Totally fair. Yeah, in Hollywood, totally you, you got, I mean, at a certain age, you, got, you want to extend your career, you got to have the work done, which is... Not something I'm encouraging or saying you should be done. I'm saying that's the way it no. kind of seems to be, right? I we are, we are making fun of that <laughs> uh, I, aspect, yeah, people. Right. I actually think we're not we, encouraging it. I actually, the vast majority of people that that have the work done seem to be. I mean, you notice it, and that's not a good thing. You don't want to notice the work. So I, I actually, you, again, the show Shrinking. I don't know if you know the name Krista Miller. She's in it. She used to play Kate in the Drew Carey show. Oh wow. She is unrecognizable uh, she's had so much work done and I, I always thought she was very attractive back in the day yeah and she probably i don't know I, i'm just speaking i don't know i feel like she probably would have aged gracefully but she just had so much work done and i started my wife said that she goes isn't that kate from drew carey and uh, i'm like no and then the next thing she was in i started listening to her voice and i'm like oh my god that is kate that's like it's crazy. That's rough. What's her name? Uh, Portia um, DeRosi. DeRosi. Yeah, she's had a lot of work done, and she back in her Arrested Development days, the original when the original run, um, you know, she's very attractive. But then, you know, when that came back on the air, and she had work done, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even recognize her. Nah, I, yeah, I thought I thought yeah. they replaced her as an actress. Yeah. I was like, oh, they got somebody new to play Lindsay. You know what? Nope. And maybe, and maybe almost every Hollywood actress has it done when they reach a certain age or about that age, and we only notice the bad stuff, the the bad work. Maybe that's the way it goes. But I'm not telling you, man. It's, it's is it worth the risk? I mean, because you, I don't know. Like like Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox looks ooh ooh Madonna. She does not look good. <laughs> Madonna looks no. bad. I um. Yeah. You know who looks really well? Looks really good. And I just it looks like she hasn't had any work done. Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay. She looks phenomenal. It, and she's even, I, I don't know, maybe it's just for Ant-Man. She's rocking the gray hair. And I think she looks great. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, maybe she has. I don't know. And it, 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 need, it need to have a list and with pictures. Celebrities who have had work done, and here's how they look. Like, oh, that looks good. I can't really tell. I'm sure there is a list out there if you look yeah. it up. Uh, Halle Berry is another one. She still looks great. And as far as I know, Christy Brinkley, actresses who said mm-hmm. they've said that they haven't had any work done. I don't know. They could be lying, but you know, I love the natural look more. So all of you female Kenny actresses, Rogers? Jenna Fisher. Kenny, Kenny Rogers. Rogers Kenny yes. Rogers. Who is who is no longer with us. Right. But he um, he looked bad. He looked he was unrecognizable. He it was bad. Yes, he was. Uh so Jenna Fisher, I know you're listening because you're a St. Louis girl. Ellie Kemper. You're you're both listening. Don't get any work done. Yeah, you, you, women age very well as long as they take care of themselves. You don't need that plastic surgery. Jenna crap. Fisher seems like the kind of uh, woman that would age gracefully. You know what I mean? She's I got agree. that. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like 
if she were to get worked on, that would mess things up because she would. Meryl Streep. She Meryl Streep. Great. She does. I bet you she's had work done. Maybe. Yeah, but she she looks great though. I mean, I don't know. She's got not, I don't right know. <laughs> yeah, no, she does. She looks she looks like she should look at that age. Mm-hmm. I guess you know, looks yep. good. Doesn't look like anything's you know unusually you know uh, puffy or stretched or <laughs> pulled. Yep. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we're cutting into was, our our, a... our uh, segment time for the first uh, segment. Yes, of the show. we are. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, the official beers of episode number four hundred three. You can reach each of us on the Untapped app. My handle is C Price twelve. Jeff's is J Ponder ninety four. Bills is Billy Bluno at thirty three. Um, I don't even have my beer out. I've got a like a, I got like a mason jar with some coke and some ice in there, but I could just say it's rum and coke. Let me, let me get a We're on episode 404, by the way, sir. What did I say? Oh, 403. Yeah, 403. Sorry, it's 404. You're right. I didn't change that on that. There's too yep. many um, things. By the way, happy 314 day. Yes. Uh, that's something that uh, should be mentioned. Um, yes. For those who don't know, Ken Morris's, the Matt Harris's of the world, um, that's our day to celebrate March 14th. 314 is the main area code for the St. Louis area. So, um we love to celebrate St. Louis that day. Yeah. My wife said that at her work they had a um, Fitz's root beer and a toasted ravioli sent in. Nice. So that was pretty cool. So I, I've got, I will uh, say I've got, I do have in the fridge behind me. I, I'll break out for three and four day. Four hands chocolate milk stout from the local Four Hands Brewery. That's my three and four contribution for today. I was gonna go out and get some Emo's pizza for dinner, but uh, didn't make it around to it. Yep. No, we uh, we had breakfast for dinner, which is always a great choice. Uh, what, what waffles or what? Yeah. No, we had uh, eggs, eggs bacon, bacon, and biscuits. Okay. Yep. Good stuff. That's almost. Uh, that's I'm, almost. I mean, yeah, that is a breakfast meal, but I'm not sure why that has to be a breakfast meal. I mean, why it's why is it classified as breakfast? It's meat, it's eggs, I, and it's yeah. I have no idea, yeah. but for some reason, it has always been a breakfast food, right? I've never I, known it any different. I, I'm a bad St. Louisan. I am. Uh, I have no St. Louis beer in the house right now, which honestly what? is rare. I always have St. Louis beer in the house, but for whatever reason tonight, I just didn't. So, um, actually, I don't know. I think this is bottled in. Looks like it's bottled, bottled in Wanakee, Wisconsin, but it's sold at our local Aldi, uh, Brecken Hefeweizen. So, um, so you bought it locally. So I bought it, like, yes, <laughs> just like I buy all my beer. <laughs> I don't have my beer shipped in. It's not shipped in from uh, Nova Scotia, right? No, no, no none of that. Um, no, this is uh, the first time I ever picked this up. Aldi has really picked up their beer and liquor uh, aisle. If you've ever been to an Aldi recently, they've really kind of brought in some new stuff. They they do have a lot of St. Louis beer as well. They, I know they they sell O'Fallon and I think Urban Chestnut. How's the pricing um, for... Because you know they're they're a discount grocery chain, so how how is the pricing for beer? I mean, it, for the St. Louis beer, I know it's about the same, but like okay. you know, these I got a six pack of these, and it was you know seven ninety nine. It wasn't bad at all, and it's a good beer. It's real tasty. Looks like a Hefeweizen. Um, so yeah, that's my that's my beer. Thank you, Aldi. Um, we okay since our last show, uh, the Blues have went. Two one and zero. Oh. Uh, Thursday, last Thursday was a four to two win over the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Verona got his first goal as a Blue in this game. Um, what a goal! What a goal! <laughs> that was yeah. I mean, 
literally just uh, – and, and you know what? That's what you want to see, though. Just just hounding the puck in front of the net. Um, just slipped it by him. And, and the angle he was at was pretty tough to put that in. So uh, good for Verona getting on the board and, and uh, sniffing that puck out because it looked like the goalie had it covered, but clearly he didn't. Right. Uh, and we, apparently we don't lose to San Jose anymore. Um, and we'll, we'll touch on that later. Uh, more in more detail, and we'll have some fun uh, with the San Jose Sharks. And uh, if any Teal Town folks are listening, um, I'm sh- I'm sure you'll hate it. <laughs> uh, Saturday was a five to two win over the Blue Jackets. Uh, Blue Jackets did outshoot the Blues thirty nine to twenty four. Uh, Grice was very good in this win, stopping thirty seven of thirty nine. Uh, Kyrie got the hat trick in this game. Uh, Sammy Blaze scores again, one goal and two assists in this game for him, three points. Um, and at this point, uh, after this game, uh, both Tarasenko, this, this was 14 games after the Tarasenko trade, uh, both Blay and Tarasenko had played 14 games with their new teams, and Blay has four goals, four assists, eight points, and Tarasenko has four goals, five assists, nine points. <laughs> that has just got to grind the gears of Rangers fans, right? <laughs> I, I laugh. Not, not just that Blay, not just their neck and neck in terms of points, but the fact that Sammy Blay is doing anything for the St. Louis Blues. He had zero goals <laughs> with the Rangers in 50-some-odd games, 54 games, whatever it was. Uh, yep. he, he had injury issues there, but did he, he played 54 games, so... And no goals and a single goal. <laughs> yep. And his, yeah. his, his game back, the first game back here, he gets a goal. It's so funny. Yeah, first game back here, and he's playing great. <laughs> he Very good hockey. Um, looks really comfortable in this lineup. You got to think, you know, it is – that, and, and I think this is why, you know, when people were – not a lot of people were, but I did see some people saying, you know, oh, he's going out and getting these bottom-feeding players like Kapanen and, and Verana – but you look at Sammy Blay and you say, hopefully this guy is just a change of scenery guy, or I guess in Blay's Blaze situation, yeah. it's a return to scenery. Right. But, and, and that's what you hope. And, and I, we'll talk about Verona here again in a minute when we talk about the Vegas game. But um, Verona has looked great. Again, small sample size, but Verona has been one of the best Blues forwards since he joined the lineup last week. And, and- it's with Verana and Kapanen. It's it's a an injection of speed. You know, Cairo mm-hmm. uh, is extremely fast, but we don't have a lot of fat. We're not a fast team, really. Besides Cairo, um, but Verana and uh, Kapanen, that those they're both fast, and I think, you know, uh, Armstrong had mentioned the league is moving faster, and I mean. We could have told you that, uh, that the Blues were slow in comparison. But uh, the, the right direction, right? Bottom six guys uh, with speed. Uh, and that can produce. You know, Blay, I've always liked Blay as a bottom six guy who can produce. He hits and he produces. And I, he's, he's, he's a bottom six guy, and he's not going to be expensive. Um, he's, he's signed on for another, another, another year. So we'll have him next season. I, I like it. I like him. I like Kapanen. I like Verona. I like the the direction the bottom six is going. Torpchenko. I agree. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I I think start of this year, and, and listen, you want to talk about? Yes, the Blues have clearly gotten worse since the start of the year. Um, lost a lot of talent, but in one area they've improved. It's that bottom six. Hmm. They went into the year with, <laughs> comparatively speaking to other Blues teams, a pretty weak bottom six. 
And now we're seeing this team thrive in its bottom six. And and I'm obviously it's not translating to a ton of victories, but you hope that that next year and beyond, if they resign Verana and Kapanen, that they continue to produce at this level. And you say, okay, Blues, pretty well-rounded team with this great bottom six down there. Well, you've got chunks of the team to look at, right? You got your bottom six, you got your top six, and you got your defense and your goaltending. So uh, I think um, you know the bottom six is 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 rounding out for next season. Uh, top six needs some work. Um, defense needs some work. Uh, but uh, defense needs some work in the in a sense where they need really a number one defenseman, and I don't know how they're going to get that. <laughs> um, without a number one defenseman, I don't see this defense getting any better. So I mean, we'll unless they get some major earth shaking moves on the off season with moving some no trade clauses. I don't know. We'll see. I I think yes, I agree. They they need a number one defenseman, but. I think they just need a shakeup too. You one of at least one of these guys needs to go just but, to, to shake it up and make a change. But what do we do first and foremost before moving any players? What do we do? I'm asking uh, you. Oh, uh, fire Van Ryan. There you sure. go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that. Huh? Yeah. I I understand now why he's here. I don't. Why bring in another guy? Like you want to have the best. You're going to have more available coaches to to fill in I that get, spot well, over the summer, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, early in the season when it was clear this defense was the problem, that should have been. I'm sorry that that's a miss by Doug Armstrong. This defense ain't performing. Uh, your guy who's in charge of it has really never had this defense performing in a way that we expect, even going back to the Cup year. Um, crazy. He's still here. Hopefully, day one after the season ends. What is it? April twenty eighth or whatever. Hopefully, that's the first thing. The first pin to drop. Okay, Mike Van Ryan's gone. Yep, has to. I, yeah, I, I, I will, I will be gobsmacked if uh, we go into training camp next season with Mike Van Ryan as the defensive coordinator on this team. Uh, that I, is that to me would be a. Almost damn near fireable offense for Doug Armstrong. I don't. I mean, I don't. Like, know. I, I, I don't know what you can't go in with the same structure next year. I would love to hear rationale behind that thinking. If that happens, I I would like. What's the What's the excuse? What? Why? Why? I'd like to know when his contract's up. Yeah, really that's that's hard to find. That stuff is really hard to find. Yeah. So, like, if his contract's up, then maybe they just. Maybe you don't even hear about it, and all of a sudden it's, oh, so the Blues have signed this guy to f- run the defense. Oh, okay, I guess that means Van Ryan's gone. But, yeah. Oh, oh, here we go. The Meeker. Very nice. Uh, maybe Armstrong gave Van Ryan a no termination clause. NTC. Yeah, no termination clause. Um. So, anyway. Uh, the last game the Blues played uh, since the last show was uh, five, the five to three loss to Vegas on Sunday. Uh, it was Barbashev's return to the Enterprise Center. Obviously, he got a nice video tribute. Uh, there was a fan that held up a sign on the jumbotron asking Barbashev to come back next season. Barbashev was asked about it and if he saw it, and he said he did. Um, do you want him back next season? 
I I mean, if if it's affordable, right. sure. That's that's um, the question. Can you can we afford but it? But the problem is, and, and it's crazy to think this because this is when the Thomas and Cairo extensions kick in. They I looked what they only have like eight million in cap space next year. Like after all the contracts they shed, and I don't know they're obviously they were UFAs, but yep. um, you, you unloaded two seven million dollar contracts, um, you know, and then a couple other ones in Mikola and Barbashev and Achari, and you still only have eight million going in next year. Doug's got to be pretty stingy with that money. How he's going to spend it? If you can get a Barbashev. At two, at basically, we've talked about this, but what he's making now, yeah, but he's going to get more than that on the open market. There's no way he's getting less or getting what he's making now. Probably, and I and I said before during the season when he wasn't playing as well as he did closer to the deadline, uh, that for him to sign here as a team friendly deal would have to be less than he's making now. And I still kind of feel that way because uh, he was, I mean, what, he was making like three and a quarter or something like that this season, um, I think. Uh, but I, I mean, for for us to be able to afford him, it would have to be below three, I'm thinking. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, you never know, you know, how much he's willing to take less to play here if he wants to play here. Um, but yeah, I can I can see him getting over four somewhere, and I don't think that's going to happen here at all. Yeah, I um, he's at what two point four this year? Is he two point four? That's it. I thought it was three point. I think so. Let me check. I I could be wrong, but I'd say you know hundred thousand, maybe two hundred thousand dollar raise is really all the Blues could come in at and be safe. Still say okay, we've got enough to it's get somebody else to help us out. Two point two five. So I was thinking, 2. I was, 25. I said 3.25. It's okay. So if you can go up to like 2.4, even 2.5. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But again, he's, he's going to get more than that. He's open yeah. market. He'll get at least three somewhere else. I, I, I would think so. Yeah. And like, and yeah, I, I, and, but my, my, my money, my, what I would like the blues to sign him for when I thought he was making three and a quarter, still the same two and a half, two and three quarter, something like that. I think, uh, but that that seems low for him now, especially yeah. if he plays well in the playoffs. What do you think he gets? And, and uh, let's just not even talk about term. Let's talk about money per season cap hit. What do you think it's going to be next year? Uh, three point seven five. I was thinking about that, maybe even up to four. Yeah, four um, seems a lot for a bottom six guy. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, three three points. Three point. I mean, that's that's a million a and a half like, more than he makes now. I could see a team like Vancouver or Calgary if they have the cap space. I I don't know. Uh, spending a lot of money on a guy like him and saying, "Hey, come in here, help round out our our middle six, basically." And maybe he steps up into the second line on a team like that. But yeah, there I, were a I, lot I, of teams. Nothing more than four. There were a lot of teams that were rumored to be in on him at the trade deadline that wanted him. So maybe come the off season, uh, there might be a half dozen teams that, you know, might be bidding on him a little bit. So uh, that might drive his price up a little bit if he still has the, the interest there. Um, plus in the off season, teams will probably have more cap room too. So we'll see. Um, Yuri Patera 
and it's really hard for me not to say Yori Laterra. <laughs> well, hang on. Before before you say that, I want to say early in this game, Ivan Barbashev, tell me he does not know Jordan Binnington. He almost stole that puck from him when he went behind the net. Barbashev came rushing in, almost had a te- a, an easy gimme goal, and luckily Binnington got over and still made a save. But I saw that happen, and I'm like, that's Barbashev knowing his goal. Mm-hmm. Like, True. That was that was a great play by Barbashev. Uh, Yuri Patera made his NHL debut in net for Vegas, uh, and of course, of course, of course, he gets the win. Uh, an NHL goalie making their debut against the Blues, getting the win seems to happen a lot, all uh, the time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Verona, Verona, Cairo, and it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? <laughs> Verona, Cairo, and uh, Pitlick. Scored for the Blues in this game. Kairou's uh, goal was his 30th of the season and uh, pulled the Blues to within one in the second period. Uh, so, okay, let, let's talk about Kairou a little bit. Uh, how happy are you with his performance this season? Obviously, he's putting up some points. Uh, leads the team in points. 63 games played, 63 points. Um, Point-a-game guy. How do you feel about his overall game with the Blues? Are you happy? I, I ask because... Uh, it wasn't, but you know, uh, people have rumbled about wanting Cairo to be traded before the deadline. Let's trade Cairo um, and Thomas. They wanted to gut the team. Um, not happy with his play, uh, mostly for his defensive reasons. And he had a terrible start to the season. First couple weeks, it was god awful. Um, yeah. Anyway, so um, leading the team in scoring. What are your thoughts on his play so far this season with the with the Blues? His overall play. I you have your notes here in front of me, so I, I of what you want to say. So I don't. I'm going to try to not mow your lawn here, but um, <clears throat> I'm kind of disappointed. Well, we're probably I, in the sounds, same boat, right? It exactly. It feels so weird to say it, but slightly, I, I, I the softest thirty goal score that I've ever seen. Like, I mean, I hate to say it that way, but it's like. Man, he can score some excellent goals. He's got the speed. He's and and it's not even the defensive thing for him. We've talked about that with this team and and Brett Hall comparing to him. Brett Hall never even crossed his own blue line. So, <laughs> you know, but everyone loved him. It wasn't a problem for him. So I I still even with today's game and how important it is to back check, I don't that doesn't really bother me. It's the Stupid plays in the offensive zone where he just either he's just dumping it in front of the net, hoping somebody will be there, or he's just weak in the corner. And it's like, come on, man, you're an NHL player at this point. You shouldn't be able to get knocked off the puck so easily. Um, It's things like that that make me want to dog his play. Uh, Maybe if this team's a true contender, you know, Everything would have worked out. Tarasenko had a better year. The defense plays better. O'Reilly's having a better year. Maybe we're not noticing those things, but he is so in the spotlight, and it's all you can see sometimes when it's just, holy shit, Kairou. Like, what are you doing? And, like, poor positioning. I mean, he's back-checking on one of the goals last night. I can't remember whose it was, but he's back-checking on one of the goals with Letty, and both of them just don't even know where the puck's at. And it's just like, what are you doing? You're an NHL player. It's There's moments that happen throughout the season with him that 
drive me nuts. But like, he's a goal scorer. Yeah. I just feel like he could do more. He could have more goals. He they asked him earlier in the year, right? Do you think you'll ever reach 100 points? And he's like, yes. And I think he can too. But I just feel like there needs to be just that little bit more effort from him and see just a little bit more from him. And maybe that's just yet to come with his career. I, I think I think what bothers me about him and the okay, so I mean a point of game guy, hard to complain about production from a point of game guy. Um, but here we are. And that's interesting because I think uh, he lacks at too often, I think he lacks that killer instinct in the offensive zone. I think I think he passes up opportunities that he may have um, or may wait too long to make a decision uh, in the offensive zone, and that hurts his production. And I think that the sky is the limit for what he can do if he can get his head on straight um, and be more consistent and aggressive in his play and his drive towards the net. Um, I think his own zone play has been analyzed to death. It needs a lot of work. Um, yeah. and, and I think a lot of chances can be created off of better own zone play. I think, uh, you know, if you've, if you're, if you're more responsible in your own end, you're, you're giving up less chances, you're taking the puck away and you're moving back the other direction. So, and you're going to get some more chances that way too. And, uh, and just being a better defensive player in general, um, would help you, you know, maintain, uh, possession in the, in the offensive zone and the neutral zone, uh, and, and mess up their transition coming out. So, you know, and, you know, 63 points, 63 games, it's great. But <laughs> it's so weird to say that I he should be he could be getting more. And uh, I think a lot of fans and people would agree with that. Um, I'm not angry with his play. I'm just I'm just like I see so much more potential that uh, there that that he can get to. And he's still pretty young, you know, and, and hopefully a lot of the stuff will kind of round out and come into, into, into form uh, over the next couple of years, uh, hopefully. Um, same thing with Thomas. Uh, he's, I think he's getting there um, in own zone play and defensive play, but he still needs a lot of work. It's the young players. I think that, that stuff comes later in a player's career, um, to be honest, if, if you're a forward. So, um, yeah, uh, I – his job. You know is- what? You know who he kind of reminds me of at this point, and and I hate saying this because he. But but if you think about it, he was great. His forty goal season for the Blues, Brad Boys. I was just gonna say Brad Boys. <laughs> Brad Boys was excellent that year, and I think it was the next year. I think he had thirty goals again. He was phenomenal, and and it was like, man, this guy every time he shoots, it's going to the back of the net, and it just seems effortless for him. But once that scoring touch kind of started to disappear a little bit, he's useless as an NHL player because that's all he had. He didn't have the back-checking ability. He wasn't great in the corners. He wasn't, you know, he could hit a little bit, but not anything to write home about. And that's how I feel about Kairou. It's like, man, if the rest of his game doesn't start developing, and when this contract's up, he's going to be worthless to NHL teams Well, because – he doesn't have anything else outside of a scoring touch. Well, he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's got speed. He's got speed. He's got a scoring touch and his hands are pretty phenomenal. Uh, stick handling wise. He's, he's shown flashes of a lot of stuff. But that all to me flies into your scoring touch. Well, yeah. Well, that, that, that creates opportunities for your scoring touch. I mean, you can, you need to, you need to dance around people and create space and then let your scoring touch take over. I get you. 
Um, but I think uh, his speed um, is is a major weapon for him and his shot. He has an excellent wrist shot. It's fantastic. Um, so I, I, it'd be great if, if you could see him utilize his speed a little bit more because um, you watch guys like McDavid, and he's not much slower than McDavid. Um, uh, but, you know, we watch McDavid, and McDavid just seems to use his speed more. Uh, yeah. it, 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 more effectively than Kairou does. He'll, he'll use it to beat guys wide. He'll use it to, uh, to explode out of the zone and up the ice. Um, not, I don't see that quite as much with Kairou yet, um, even though he's got those wheels. So it'll be interesting to see if that changes at all. And I think that all boils back to being more aggressive uh, in his drive towards the net um, and, and, and knowing what he wants to do. Part of his, maybe part of his, his issue is he's not quite sure what to do sometimes. And we saw that early in the season, right? He was indecisive as hell uh, in the offensive zone. He didn't know what to do. He'd like hold on to the puck, and make yeah. moves, and like look around. You know, yep. I was like, "What are you doing?" So. Yeah, I, I, I do, th- and, and it's. I think it's just we see the, his effortless play sometimes. Like he, he'll just wind, not wind up, but he'll, you know, he'll get in the slot and he'll get a shot, and it's just effortless for him. You know, shooting from the the far boards. Every time he scores a goal, it just seems like, oh, my God, this is nothing. And then when we see him do the dangles with the speed, it just comes off as so effortless. And then there's times where we literally see him be effortless because it's like he's just skating into the zone so lackadaisically, uh, drawing off sides or, um, you know, letting the puck get taken from him. And it's just dude, we've seen what you can do. We should see that more. We're just not seeing that drive. And it's, you mentioned McDavid. It's, it's, it's unfair to make the comparison to McDavid. It's unfair to but, make the comparison I'm about to make to Ovechkin. But like when you see those guys, we're not talking about talent. We're talking about effort. Even at his age, we still see Alex Ovechkin give 110% every single game. Same thing with McDavid. I don't feel like we see that every shift with Jordan Cairo. I think it's I think it's more than effort. I think it's on top of effort. It's like it's like that killer instinct, that drive. It's you know cause you can go out there and you can try hard, you can bust your ass, but any any and I think I touched on this a little bit last show. Any any athlete who's played at a competitive level knows there's a difference between going out there and trying hard, and then going out there and trying hard in a do or die situation in a playoff game. You know what I mean? It's like there's that extra level of desperation in your, in your mm-hmm. play that, that, you know, that, that isn't there all the time, but it comes out when it's needed. You know what I mean? And I think that that kind of thing is uh, special amongst uh, elite athletes, you know, how they can tap into that. Claude Lemieux. Claude Lemieux. Yeah. Big game players. Right. So, yep. um, Glenn Anderson, you know, Mr. Overtime in the playoffs. Oh yeah. So, that kind of thing is uh, is special, and that's you know he's making eight million, so he's making some pretty good coin. So he's he needs to, and it sounds weird because I touch back again, a point to game guy he is right now, which is fantastic. But uh, I think I see the potential there to be a whole lot more, and and that's it, right? Yeah. We we see it as yeah, this kid can put up eighty two points in a season. That is phenomenal, and that's what you want. But we could see him doing more. Could we not see him being a hundred and twenty point guy? In today's NHL, I mean, if we see that drive and, like you say, that killer instinct, Blues are on a playoff run, and it's like coming down to the wire, give the puck to Kairu, that type of player, like that's that could easily be him 
we're just not seeing it yet. And hey, Armstrong signed him to this deal, basically saying like, I'm signing him to it now. So that way, when he does hit that potential, I've already got him locked up for eight years. Right. So maybe we see it next year. It's a gamble, right? Um, and you see, you see flashes of it, so that's cool. I mean, let's let's as long as he keeps developing and keeps growing, you don't want him to plateau at this point, right? You don't want that. No. So because you can see so much more, it'd be, it's it, so. Uh, I think if he puts up fifty goals, you know, I mean, he's he's going to be. Uh, you can ignore the defensive lapses, right? If he can do that, if he can put up 100 points and 50 goals, and and if he's still not a great defensive player, you kind of like, well, you know, he's contributing so much offensively that, you know, you can excuse the defensive lapses. It's like it's a Brett Hall situation, right? Yep. I mean, he, Brett Hall was not great in his own end for a long time uh, until he went to Dallas and became a little bit more in – his, in his elder years, right, in his later years, he became a little more responsible defensively under Hitchcock in Dallas. So uh, – and that's and that's where his game became a little more rounded, well rounded, and he won a cup there. So, yep. And that's what I'm hoping for with Cairo. I I just hope that and and it's not even I'm I'm wanting him to play more defense. I I actually feel like I'm okay with your leading scorer not being a defensive specialist. Sure, I mean, you yeah. see that with Ovechkin. Um, and uh, well, not McDavid. He actually that dude never stops skating, but we see it. You know. And it works. It works as long as guys are putting the points on the board, carrying and leading the offense. And I think we just need to see that a little bit more. Like I said, he's, I feel like he's almost there. He's on the cusp of it. So maybe next year we see, I hate to say break out because he's a 30 goal scorer at this point already, but yeah. see him break out and just kind of figure it out that little bit more next year. And we'll see. I Maybe it becomes, again, it'll be tougher. It'll be his first full year is the guy who's definitely drawing all the attention from the opposing defense. But, I mean, if you've got the talent, you can make it work. Again, Connor McDavid, not to compare the two. Yeah. Connor McDavid clearly draws all the top defenses in the NHL, and he's still going to put up over 150 points this year. So you can make it work as long as you know how to figure it out and work around those defensive guys that right. are going to put all their effort on you. And when your skill set you know, excels high above the defensive uh, people, the players that are playing against you, you know, it's, it's easier to overcome. You know, it's different if you're, you know, that's, that's, that's where the, your this whole <clears throat> um, extra drive and effort on top of maximum effort, right. Uh, comes from that. That's what surpasses. That's what gets you over the hump as far as uh, other teams matching up their best defensive players against you. Cause you can get that next level and uh, you know, be more productive and get more chances. Anyway, uh, back so to Matt Harris real quick. We'll, uh, we'll read his comment here. Just came in just in time. I would love to see what a breakout looks like for Kairou from here. I think everyone's frustration comes from seeing all the potential on him, but only sometimes the effort. And that's where I'm at with you. I, I do think Kurt's right. There's that, that level above giving maximum effort, that killer instinct drive. I don't even see him giving that maximum effort at this point. Yeah. There are he times, hits yeah. that then we see him hit that next level so we'll see if that happens it's kind of like it's kind of like a player a 10 year vet who hasn't won a cup and he's in the cup final and he wants it so bad you know uh and and that that that's the level you know like you're putting your body on the line you're sacrificing you know blood you know to to get that the next level 
It's a shame Bill's not here because the reference I'll make, Shea Weber, his last year now in the NHL, dude had nothing left in the tank, but, man, he still put it all out on the line for Montreal in that cup year. Yep, yep. Uh, back to the Vegas game. Uh, Pitlick did uh, tie the game early in the third when the Blues were trailing by one um, on a backdoor tap-in goal, nice little goal. Uh, Vegas did score then a couple minutes later off of uh, Dorofeyev's face shield after a rebound went up in the air uh, off of Bennington. Uh, his first goal in the NHL. A, uh, I, I didn't think this play should have ever happened. It was kind of a, a, a goal mouse scramble situation with the puck. Uh, Blues couldn't get a handle on it. Vegas couldn't either. Uh, Blues looked kind of weak in front of their own goal and uh, puck scores free to Vegas, shot on goal, Bennington makes the save, pops up in the air off of uh, off the face shield and then. Fluky, yeah, fluky I, goal. I I didn't hate the Blues play this game, and, and it, this is probably – this isn't the right goal to bring this up, but um, not Bennington's strongest game. No. That, uh, that rebound kick out he had that led to the goal – that was pretty bad. Um, I didn't again, mind the re- that was. I didn't mind the rebound kick out that much. Um, he didn't leave it in the slot. You know, he kicked it out pretty far. <laughs> I mean, he yeah, kicked it way out. It, it just so happens there was a guy streaking in there. I mean, I, I what I didn't like his play on the Marshall Show's goal, um, the five hole. I thought that was a just a yeah. Just a, I mean, you know he. <sighs> He had it closed and then opened up, and, he, and then Marshall hit it. And it, it just, it was just one of those deals where you, you, you didn't close up the five hole, and you, you've basically got to play tight and close all, all the holes because Marshall has nothing to shoot at. You just got to make sure he doesn't find a hole through your body. And he didn't do that. Um, those goals happen, and they're always soft. So, and that's on the goalie. I didn't like that one at all. Uh, Matt Harris, another good comment from him. Um, currently losing to contenders doesn't bother me. Vegas is playing pretty good hockey right now. Yeah, I got to say, uh, if they would have lost to San Jose or Columbus, teams that are really strong. We don't lose to San Jose. No, we don't lose to San Jose. <laughs> but if we would have, uh, that would have upset me a little bit more just because it's like, and, and I, I know Blues fans, some are rooting for losses. I've said before on this show, I can't do that. No. I've as much as I want Connor Bedard or a top pick in the NHL, give me victories all day. I I want to see this team win. I want to see this team compete. Um, I want to see what these guys can do. So, yeah, that would have bothered me a little bit more. But, yeah, this game, I they lost, and I just kind of shrugged my shoulders. I'm like, oh, well, Vegas I, is playing pretty well. I thought the Blues played a pretty good game. Uh, I really did. Um, I didn't have too many issues with the game. It was a close game. It was a good game. Um Petrangelo gets the empty net goal to give uh, Vegas a two-goal uh, win. Um, I thought Pareko was good in this game. I thought Pareko has been better lately. Um, I haven't had a lot of problems with his play lately. I, I've, I've, it's been he's been noticeably better. Um, it's not just that he's uh, not. I haven't noticed him making mistakes. I've seen him making nice plays. You know, uh, especially in this game, I, he stood out to me. Uh, made some real nice moves and transition up the ice. Uh, uh, carried the puck up to the neutral zone uh, one time in particular, and drove in deep, and they got a scoring chance. Um, which is weird to say for me to point that out because he used to do that kind of thing all the time. Um, but uh, but I, I I like this game from Preco. I had no problems with his, him in this game. Uh, um, I hope this is 
a trend for him, and he's finally trending out of uh, this inconsistent uh, poor play that he's had for quite some time now. Uh, we'll see. It's, it's been a, a weeks, a couple weeks now. I think he's looked better. Um, but we are about due for a break. Uh, in a uh, in a world of the uh, in a world of San Jose Sharks, be the St. Louis Blues. More on that on the other side of this break from our amazing sponsors. You're listening to uh, Kurt and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. We'll return after these messages. Every beer league hockey night, I grab my hockey bag and sticks and throw them in the trunk of my car. And the very next thing I do, I mix up a boost of energy courtesy of RockinThatIDLife.com. It's formulated to break up its delivery in three ways, which helps me get through all three periods of hockey. Phase one provides a rapid onset of energy, concentration, alertness, and motivation. By period two, I'm receiving a dose of sustained energy, increased focus, metabolism, cognitive function, performance, and feelings of well-being, which I need with the way I play. In Phase 3, I'm getting fatigue protection without jitters and crash, an elevated mood and a reduction of fluid retention to help me make the big play when it counts. This same triphasic approach helps me when I drink it during work hours or simply just for a pick-me-up when I need it. Try one of the four energy flavors by visiting rockinthatidlife.com, but make sure to email Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Center Ice Brewery is a beer lover's dream for hockey fans. Based in St. Louis, Missouri, owner Steve Albers has been brewing hockey-themed favorites for thirsty sports fans since 2017. From the Beauty IPA to the Old Arena Lager, a cold, frosty, hockey-themed beer is just what the doctor ordered for hockey fans in St. Louis. Make sure to check your local beer store for Center Ice Brewery beer today. LGB. Let's go beer. During the magical 2019 playoff run, I was in the midst of buying my current home. Every time I spoke with my realtor, obviously, home buying was the discussion. But in the back of my mind, I couldn't stop thinking about what was destined to happen for our St. Louis hockey team. If only there were a realtor who could have walked me through the process, held my hand when needed, but was there to be a sounding board when I wanted to complain about a certain hand pass goal. Let realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage be that for you. He'll have your needs top of mind as he skates you through the home buying or selling process, dangling you past any obstacles, and assisting on all your home goals. Check out strikewithmike.com for more information or give him a call directly at 314-753-4060. That's Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage at strikewithmike.com and that number again is 314-753-4060. Don't forget to tell Mike that Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And now, back to Let's Go Blues Radio, the long-running St. Louis Blues podcast with Price, Ponder, and Day. In a world full of San Jose Sharks, be the St. Louis Blues. Our uh, our apologies to our friends over at Teal Town USA for uh, 
having some fun here. Uh, <laughs> yes, not we love you guys, but man, how can we not have fun with us? <laughs> not a lot has gone right. This has not been a fun season. <laughs> no, for anybody, for either of us, either team. So not a lot has gone right this season for the Blues. But uh, if we can enjoy one thing, it is our play versus the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> So uh, we have some stats here uh, between the Blues and, and Sharks uh, we can share with you. Um, so, yeah, so Blues fans, you can feel good about at least one thing from this season. That and Kyrou's point-of-game pace. Um, the Blues beat the Sharks 4-2 last Thursday, uh, completing the sweep of the Sharks this season, which is not much to brag about. Uh, San Jose isn't very good. The Blues aren't very good, uh, but it is what it is. Well... The Blues have beaten the San Jose Sharks eight straight games now. They haven't lost to San Jose since March 8th of 2021. So it's been over two years since the Blues have lost to the Sharks. And that was in the goofy uh, bubble season uh, where the Blues played the Sharks eight times. And the Blues went 5-1-2 and two versus the Sharks that season. In the previous COVID-shortened season, the 19-20 and 20 season, the Blues went 2-0-0 oh, oh versus San Jose. Since the hand pass game, the Blues have went 10-1-2 versus San Jose. They haven't lost in regulation against San Jose in front of fans since game one of the second round of the 2019 NHL playoffs on May 11th, 2019. And in the regular season, the Sharks haven't beaten the Blues in regulation in front of fans since an 0-2 loss. In San Jose on March oh, 8th. Oh, did you say 0 2 0 2 man. Come on. I was putting our score first. 0-2. Don't do that. That's you can. You can. I did. No. But I just did. No. I just did. No. Uh, an 0-2 loss to San Jose on March oh. 8th, 2018. So it's been five years since a ticket-holding Sharks fan has seen the Sharks beat the Blues in person during the regular season. Five years. And a lot of caveats there, right? But still, right. five years. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's raise a banner, Jeff. Let's raise a banner for he, that. Fuck you, Eric Carlson. That's all I have to say. Oh, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I still, again, I'm not mad about the hand pass itself. I'm still mad about his stupid yeah. comment after the game. I actually, We're not playing handball out there. Fuck you. Yeah, somebody you was. You got away with one. Somebody Just was. fucking say it. You know, I actually, in hindsight, you know, being 2020, right now and after the fact, I love the hand pass game because that oh, yeah. was the moment that this team said, fuck you. We're roll, steamrolling you guys the rest of the series. And they did. Yep. They outscored them something, what was it, like 15 to 1 or something after that? Didn't they come out and uh, score like, it was like 30 seconds in the next game or something yeah. crazy. Like Bar- I think it was Barbashev scored a, a yeah. very early goal in the next game. I don't think it was close. It was not close. Um, the games weren't close after that, that, that hand pass goal. Not really. Blues dominated. Yeah, that was and, – and I remember us talking about that. I don't know if we had a show right after that or if it was just in our Slack chat, but I remember the three of us talking like, this is going to ignite the Blues. This is, this is going well, to make them win this series now. It was nice. It was – that talk happened uh, after how the Blues talked about it after it happened. Like, they didn't care to talk about it. They're like, whatever, we move on. It's not a big deal. Um, they weren't bitching and complaining, um, which, you know, because the fans were doing plenty of that. You know, social media was on yeah. fire 
<laughs> so. Well, and it was uh, was it earlier in that series or after that where Peter DeBoer started bitching about penalties? It was and, after. They're just not calling it fair. It was after. And it was just. It was after. Shot up dude like you have got because that's the year san jose got a break in every damn series a lot of a lot of uh you know what goes around comes around uh kind of stuff with the sharks yeah that was the the same year that they got the break against uh, the knights right yep when uh pavelski got uh oh that nasty uh gash to the head his head split open and And then uh, it was um there was the the uh oh boy what was it colorado they had one. Was it an offside? Yes, I think so. Yeah, that's what it was. They had a call that that favored them that should not. I'm sorry, Sharks fans, but should not have counted. And uh, then this happened, and it was literally like, oh my god, there's going to be a play. They're going to go to the Stanley Cup final, and they're going to win a game in Game Seven overtime on a <laughs> play that shouldn't have happened. Yeah, but luckily the Blues shut them up at that point. It was it was like a light switch. It was like it was that extra. It was that extra killer instinct, right? Mm-hmm. Past maximum effort that the Blues had, and the Sharks had no answer for. Um, uh, and then, like I said, Peter, I can't wait. What's Peter DeBoer gonna bitch about this season, right? <laughs> like, because he's the coach of the Knights. Yeah. What's gonna happen in the playoffs? There's gonna be a a game where there's a bad penalty called. Oh, we lost because the referees don't I, know what they're doing. With all apologies to Barbashev, I I cannot root for the Vegas Knights. No. Not a chance in hell. Um, I don't like DeBoer. Um, and I, I, you know, I. It's going to sound petty. But I I like to see Petrangelo lose, even though I like the guy. I just you know leaving you know turning down the offer here, go to sign on the Vegas. You know, I, I'd like to see him not win again because of that. Or you know, so I, yeah. I don't want to see him win elsewhere necessarily. I don't petty, I don't vindictive, sure, idea. whatever. I don't hate the idea of him winning. It's just I don't want to see him do it with Vegas. Yeah, um, I if guess. he were to waive his NT or NMC, NMC um, and go somewhere else, I'll root for him. But yeah, I don't because it, it's accompanied with the Vegas thing. I don't want to see DeBoer. I don't want to see their management. I hate their management. Their GM. Uh, the way they treat players, yeah. Sorry, Barbie. Sorry, Petro. Can't root for that team. No way. Yeah. I, it's funny how they went very early on in their their storybook run in their first season to the final. Uh, how fans latched onto them as a team to love, right? I did. Yeah, a lot of fans. And then they very quickly, within like a two or three year span, they went to one of the most hated teams in the league. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> because of how they no, treated I, the players and how they went about things. Um, yeah, over and, the summer. Um, let's see. No, it would have been the summer. It was actually the year, so it would have been early in 2019. So it was like January or February. I was in New York and I went to the NHL store, and they had a section that was just like breast cancer awareness stuff from all the teams. Unfortunately, there was no blue stuff to be seen anywhere. But they had a Golden Knights breast cancer hat. And I was like, oh, sweet. I'll buy that. I love the Golden Knights. <laughs> and I literally wore that hat one time. And it was almost instantly. I'm like, fuck the Golden Knights. Yeah. <laughs> so now, now that hat is useless to yeah, me. Yeah, no one likes them outside of Vegas. It's yep. kind of like uh, Boston. <laughs> no one likes the Bruins mm-hmm. outside of Boston. Although, what was it? BK Ferrario said, let's root for uh, Boston. You know what? Okay. <laughs> 
people with bad hockey takes don't. I'm not going to even listen to their on who to who to who to follow. <laughs> yeah, I I can't. Pull, I don't know how anyone could, especially with the Blues in the Stanley Cup final and all the shit that happened and Brad <laughs> Marchand and come on, man. I get like wanting the best for Jim Montgomery. I see that, but like that's it. That's that's where it ends. Montgomery wasn't even here that long. <laughs> It's not like yeah, he was here 10 he's years. Former, he's a former blue, too. Okay, and a former river otter. Yeah, but not that long. How long was he here? Like a yeah, year and a half? Two years? I don't even think he was. I don't even think he played 82 games. Okay. See, I, so, I mean, his his time here was. He wouldn't have got a video tribute. Let's just say that. <laughs> uh, he didn't. No. I mean,. No, he didn't. As a, I mean, I guess they didn't do coach, video. It's hard to do that. <laughs> they didn't do well. Head coaches would get one, but they didn't get a video tribute uh, back in the day when Montgomery played. I don't think they did that. No, no, no. <laughs> Matt Harris, I like Logan Thompson. That's it. Yeah, I, I actually agree with that. He's he's had an interesting story. I I root for that kid, but man, I it, I can't root for that organization. It, it's Boston. No, Who, he's talking about Vegas, though. Oh, but yeah, right, 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 right. Well, yeah, but as as far as Boston goes. I can't. I can't root for anything, Boston. I mean, not not not. I mean, back in the day when I was a kid, I was a Red Sox fan because it was kind of fun. They hadn't won, Ooh. you know. Well, they, this was way before. Oh, they were terrible. Oh, but they weren't very good. Yeah, and they hadn't won right. in forever. And yeah. uh, I, I was rooting for them against the Mets in '87, '86. So you know, because Mets were pond scum back then so oh yeah yeah still are yeah and so boston and i wanted boston to beat the mets so bad and i think that's when i started liking boston and then they lost and i felt bad for them so i I wanted i wanted to win but then you know come the patriots and and then the red Sox start winning like crazy uh it's like no fuck that 90s 90s i didn't hate the bruins i liked cam neely i liked ray i did too Um, love neely loved bork Um, clearly your man Adam Oates goes there. Adam loved, Oates loved him then. I liked yep. I liked uh, 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 Andy uh, Andy Moog played there. Uh, I had Defoe. Byron and, Defoe. I had Defoe in my, my fantasy league. Yeah, I had him yeah. for a while. Um, yeah, so I I was you know and they played in the the old Boston Garden right. It was an mm-hmm. old building. It was just cool. Uh, there was a lot to like about the Bruins back in the day, back before they started winning. <laughs> so. Yep. But you, you no, I, I I don't get that. I don't get anyone who could root for Boston really anywhere outside of being a Bruins fan. Right. Like I don't the the fans are so annoying. The team's obnoxious. Um, you can't root. You just can't root for Boston. I don't get that. I I don't either. I I don't know where that comes from. It's like, are you not paying attention to anything? Uh, Ken Morris, uh, our friend up in uh, Halifax. Uh, well, yeah, is he in Halifax, right? What's he? He says my city, Halifax. Oh, he does that right there. I should have just read. <laughs> uh, Bruins are probably the second or third most popular team in my city of Halifax. Maple Leafs, Bruins, Canadians, and Penguins are most popular. Sydney is from Coal Harbor, Nova Scotia, which is a suburb of uh, Halifax. Like your accent there, Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. I can't not say it like that. Nova Scotia. So almost like you're either from North Dakota or from uh, North Dakota. North Dakota. <laughs> um. So coaches challenge, coaches challenges uh, to possibly be expanded. 
According to, according to Darren Drager, uh, the GM meetings have included talk or talks on adding additional reviews for high sticks and determination of pucks over the glass. Um, I think uh, this is probably going to happen at some point, um, expanding it in some way. Um, I saw that you said on Twitter, Jeff, you wanted less reviews. Is that right? Yes, but uh, let me add the caveat here. I'm with you as well. I think it's it's either get rid of them completely or go all in. None of this this it's too in between. It's picking and, and choosing. Well, you can review this, but not this. That's that, that and and what you'll mention here because I'll, I'll let you have the floor here. But the having a time limit, yeah, uh, is important to me too. So it's either all or nothing, and add a time limit. And and either way. I'm happy. We we talked about that before about how we would change uh, the review process. Sometimes it takes three, four, five minutes, and like why, you know? Uh, well, and it it goes back to the the um, the playoffs with uh, was that Chicago with the offside? Was it Laterra? Um, yeah. And that that review went for like it was like eight minutes, and it's like, what are we doing here? Like, is this really the spirit of the fucking challenge? Like. And I know that was years They're ago. They're trying to measure it like, onto a millimeter. It's like, come on. Yeah, like, what are we doing here? This is so pointless. If you, yeah, if you can't, like, okay, so it, after like ninety seconds, um, if 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 what they've seen doesn't overturn what was called on the ice, the call on the ice stands. That, that's yeah. the the screen is cut off. They have no options to go longer. The, the feed is dead right. after ninety seconds. That's it. That's all they yeah, get. Yeah, and there should even have a little have a little timer up in the box uh, yeah. or up in the the iPad, and there could even be a timer on the fucking clock on the giant big screen. It's like this is how long they have to review this, and that's once it's done, like you said, boom, feeds cut off, done, make your decision. And I'm almost uh, give give a coach one challenge and let him challenge anything he wants, anything he wants. I mean, penalties even. You know, a, a, a phantom high stick, a, a trip that wasn't a trip, a guy toe picks instead of getting tripped, which we see a lot. Um, challenge that, and if they get, if they win the challenge, then they get their challenge back, and they can do it one more time if they want. That's it. They have two challenges tops. Um, all goals are reviewed by Toronto, every single one. You don't have to challenge if you're a team if a goal was good across the line or whatever. Every single goal is challenged by is is reviewed by Toronto to make sure it's a good goal. Um. And the XFL kind of does that. They review all kinds of stuff on their own um, before, and, and if they can get the the the, re, the review done before the next the ball is snapped, and then they'll stop the play and, and overturn the the call to some degree with a lot of stuff. Uh, turnovers, they I think they review on their own, uh, which is interesting. Uh, they can learn a lot. Well, and- the NHL can from the XFL because they've done some neat things with uh, transparency in reviews too. Oh yeah, no, and and. Uh- one thing I don't, I've never understood because they say the NHL reviews all scoring plays. So you're telling me there are plays where the NHL in Toronto is just sitting there going, oh, 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 that one wasn't a goal, but let's not say anything. Like, really? That's happening? Like, yeah. what, what the hell? Come I, on. I'm talking even – I'm not just talking uh, across the line. I'm talking like goal interference. They review everything. They review, you know, uh, you know and have them you – know, and if it's questionable – if they're reviewing it, have them pause the drop of the puck 10, 15, 20 seconds until they can finish reviewing it and then let them drop it. That happens sometimes where, the, where they'll be reviewing the goal and they'll let them drop it, but they don't review on their own 
forward goal interference, possible high stick. Um, I don't think they review if a puck crosses the goal line. Uh, but let them review every goal for every reason that it, why it couldn't go in. I don't, you know, and then and then the cho- coach's challenges can be for offsides, uh, penalties, um, over the glass, whatever. Um, I think that's a that's a much. I think you'd you'd have a lot fewer issues, and then cap it as a time limit, ninety seconds. I think that's. I think every every fan would agree with that. Yeah, I. It's got to be obvious. It's got to be obvious. And and like there was a moment, um, and we we talked about it on the show before. It was a game that Bill and I were both at. I want to say I keep get, getting him confused. I think it was the Islanders game in like November, where there was a goal scored. There was potential for goalie interference. Actually, his name keeps coming up. I think it was Barbashev. Um, and I think it was Nick Letty scored the goal. And uh, the Islanders didn't challenge right away. But I guess the referees were conferring. And they talked for a good two minutes. And then by the time they're ready to drop the puck, then the Islanders throw the challenge. Because they had reviewed it. They had, t- they had time. And it's like. What is going on? Why did you give them that much time to review that? Yeah. Like, what are we do again? What are we doing here? This makes no sense. So, yeah, I I am all for a time limit, and in a situation like that, tell the referees if you're not going to call it right fucking away, drop the puck. Right. Do your normal what is it twenty second rule between puck drops? Like, don't take that time and give the team that much time to confer on their own and figure it out. And that's where my like, my thought. I don't know. That's where my thought for Toronto reviewing every single goal and uh, not allowing a puck drop until they give the go ahead until they're done. And you know, not a long review, not two minutes, but you know, thirty, forty seconds if they need it, just to make sure that across the line, make sure there's no interference. And then if if there is possible interference, then they'll review it up to ninety seconds or whatever, and then and then make a judgment. That that I think yeah. every goal. And it may at times, you know, lead to a minute delay in a puck drop, but you know, I'd feel much better about them reviewing every goal than to all of a sudden uh, uh, a team not be able to challenge a play, right? Yeah. Uh, because and a goal and a goal wasn't a goal, and it should have been. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I like I said, and you referenced it when we started this conversation that um, you know on Twitter, my response was less reviews, please. And that's just because if the current system stays in place and it's, oh, let's just kind of add to that, pick and choose yeah, what I don't, gets reviewed, right. then let's just fucking do away with it. None. Give me none. I don't want reviews. I want, hey, that guy was offside, but the referee missed it too bad. I, um, it seems so, I would have that over what they have now. It seems so arbitrary to say, well, let's let him review this, but not that. Like, Why? Why? Why not? Uh, they, Again, I've like I've hand said pass goals in- weren't reviewable until. Oops, you know we'll circle back to the San Jose discussion again. Uh, no, oh, now they are because there was an incident. You know what? You know how to avoid incidents uh, to where you have to add uh, a reviewable play later after the fact. Just let everything be reviewable. Everything. Challenge at anything, anything, anything on the ice that happens. Challenge it. Now, obviously, a, co- a coach is not going to, you know, waste a challenge on some stupid nonsensical thing. You know, it's going to be right. an important moment, more or less. So, so do you still have the penalty if they're wrong? Do you include that in in your idea? 
So um, let's say it's a high stick. No, they miss it. No, the, the penalty. And so he says, "Hey, I want to, no. I want to review that." No, the, so the penalty. No penalty. The penalty. If he's wrong? The penalty is losing your challenge. Yeah, you know, and the reward is getting to keep it for one more challenge if you want. So you get up to two. That's the way okay. I would do it. I'm, I'm I think cool with the, that. I think the NFL does it that way. Do they not? I think. I yes, think. they just lose their timeout. Uh, right, they lose if, the if they're wrong on the challenge. If they're right, yes. they keep the timeout and their challenge. They can challenge one more time. Correct? I think. I believe so. I think. Yes. Okay. Yep. Now, and and I've said this. I mean, Jesus, uh, circle back the tape six years or when these reviews started. Why again? Why is the onus on the head coach to get scoring plays right? Yeah. That is where my issue is, and I'm 100% with you on this. You say the NHL should just review all. Every single one. Not coaches can't challenge that. It's automatically reviewed. Uh, they say, they still say they do that. They say they review every scoring play already. But so not for interference. Why though. not? What's that? Not for interference. I think, they, I think they review every single play to make sure the puck crosses the line. I don't right. think they review for goal interference but, or even high but sticks. But you're already reviewing the goal. So why right. not just expand that a little bit? That's what's maddening is that they're already reviewing something and they may see something that says, oh, that's not a goal. Oh, but we can't review that even though we see it. You know what? Right. We, can, we can tell that this is, oh, this is, this is why the goal is not going to count, but we can't, count, we can't exactly. rule on that because like, that's not reviewable. So stupid. Oh, that guy ran, that guy ran into the goalie, pushed the puck in over the line after the goalie had it covered. Well, let's just not say anything and hope the referees catch that or the head coach catches that. Really? That's what we're doing here? That is ridiculous. And, and yeah, to me, scoring plays, not on the head coach. Sure. That's on the referee. That's yeah. on Toronto. That's on the league. They need to get that yeah, right. They're calling not the fucking head right. coach. Now, it's interesting that now now the league does review plays that the, uh, like if a puck hits the back bar and comes out and – there's some question, and the play continues to go on. You'll hear, you know, the league Toronto call down and have play stopped. When you see that happen, they said, okay, well, that, that puck went in. So we're going to stop play, call that a goal, and we'll put the clock back to when that goal was scored. You'll see that happen once in a while, which I think is great. Yep. That's, that's good. You know, if they see a puck go in that, that the officials didn't see and play keeps going, they'll stop play. Uh, the league will. Uh, Matt Harris uh, says, I think refs should be held accountable for their calls. Let's see interviews after the game. I don't see a problem with that whatsoever. I would love that because there's so many questions about calls on the ice that could be answered, you know, as to what the thought process was there or, you know what, and just be honest. I I think a lot of people will be honest. They just said, I just didn't see it. I didn't see it. I was looking at this, didn't see it, uh, missed it. And I think that would happen a lot, actually, because that happens in every sport. You know, officials miss plays all the time, and it's just you don't see it. Yeah, you didn't think it was a penalty. You didn't see it. And that's let's ask Tim Peel what he thinks. It'd it'd be interesting. Do you know who he is? You talking to me? I'm I'm making a <laughs> comment about what he said to a couple kids oh, that were rushing a, yeah, a game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know who I am? <laughs> I can't believe he pulled that. Come on, man. You're a crappy ex-NHL official. Come on. Who was forced to retire. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, he's active on social media, though. Or is he still? I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, well, he's. I think he's hiding a little bit, which he probably should. Because okay. he was really active on social yes. media. And he was a guest on somebody's. He had a podcast. Does he still have that? He had a podcast with somebody. 
I don't know. Yeah. Um, I all I know is that um, when I went to the Blue Note Cup game uh, last weekend, two weekends ago, and I saw him there, I was like, "You should not be here, sir." <laughs> but what are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, so I think we're kind of in agreement there with you. I, I think most fans are probably in agreement with what we said, right? I mean, maybe some fans uh, would take your statement a bit further earlier today with no reviews. They'd probably want no reviews or challenges at all, which... And again, I'm I'm okay with that over what uh, we have now. Um, I'm okay with it. I think the game was fine before reviews. I don't. I don't well, think they made them any better. I think, I think more plays are right though. You get more plays right than before. Yeah, but because a guy was onside by a millimeter or six know, feet, or offside by a millimeter, or six feet, like it was that one game where they missed it. That one fucking time, and saying. that's what caused it. I know, and I'm not mad at you for saying. Would that. Brett Hall's goal I, have I counted? Would Brett Hall's goal have counted in the final? No, no. You don't think he had possession? That wouldn't have counted anyway because they would have reviewed it. It's because it was the final goal of the season. Do you, That's the only reason that wouldn't count it. Do you, so you don't think he had possession? No, and, and even if he did, that wasn't the rule. They say it was, and it was in the rule book that way, but that's not how they called it all year. There was a memo that went out that, uh, I don't know, halfway through the year, three quarters way through the year, that they were going to start calling it differently. I'm but just telling didn't. you. I'm just telling you, there's a documentary on it. But they didn't. They did, though. It, they did not call it properly the whole year. I remember they changed. seeing no. multiple goals where guys no, I agree had with you. possession in Early the Early on, yeah. And they still called it off. The first no, half. I'm about end of the year. No. The first, the, well, maybe. But the, the, the way the goals generally were called were changed, according to this memo. Uh, there's a documentary on YouTube about it. It's interesting. Um, well, let me just add that, that that was one of the most ridiculous rules the NHL's ever had. I agree. So, that, was, that was a bad... So to even say that, like, oh, well, that was in the rule book, that's ridiculous that was in the rule book. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, but I, I think an argument can be made that Hull <sighs> maintained possession by kicking the puck up to his stick. If you I, can count, if, if you think he kicked it instead of it just going off his skate. So 100% will say that if that is not the defining goal of the series and, and the, the, the stars don't pour on the ice and that they don't count that. Goal. If that's the first goal of game one. Oh yeah. That's no way that goal counts. Uh, I, I, I might agree with you there. Yeah. They may have, re- they may have stopped it and reviewed that. But I totally agree with you taking that, one back. that the referees were put in an impossible position to stop a Stanley cup celebration. How do you do that? I I remember watching that live and hearing Gary Thorne go, "We may have a situation yeah, here." That was fantastic. And I love yeah, I love chaos and drama. It's so great. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm, Bill Clement breaking it down and being like, "I don't think this goal should count." And I'm like, "Oh my god, what do they do?" Because they had the streamers on the ice. I mean, uh, what do you do There's, again? At that point, there's no way you can call that goal back. All the Sabers came back out, right? And they were they're just yeah. like, "What?" Because they already had yep. the handshake. <laughs> they say, I don't know <laughs> since then if it's any different, but they say that um, Hashik and Hall never discussed that when they joined the Red Wings together. Really? That whole year, 2002, they never talked about it. That's interesting. Which, I, how yeah. do you? How how do you? If you're Hall, 
you don't bring it up. And if you're a Hoshik, maybe you bring it up in jest. You know, like uh, I bet he was still pissed about it. Oh, I'm sure he was. Hoshik. Oh, he's. If you if you read Hoshik's social media nowadays, he's a very uh, passionate person. <laughs> so, yeah. Be, 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 that's all, folks. <laughs> he's a Looney Tune. <laughs> Um, so what, that's, uh, this might get comment of the show here, folks, Matt Harris, who has been very active in the, uh, Twitter, <laughs> or in the, uh, YouTube comments tonight, which we always appreciate. My favorite part of the podcast is when the boys argue about a goal that happened before I was born. It's one of the most famous goals in playoff history. So, I mean, I, yes. I, and, and I remember where I was when it was scored. It was just one of those things. Um, and well, I, it, 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 it I, involves a, a former St. Louis sure. blues legend. Yep, the and a guy after that he was left. rumored to come here, <laughs> right? Yes. Oh, yeah, because he was. Uh, yeah, that was, and the reason why Hashik didn't come here, the deal was in place, but he had veto rights on it, and he was not going to come here uh, because the Blues wouldn't let him know who they were sending back the other way, and he didn't want the Blues team to be gutted, so he wanted to know he was coming into a good team, and so he wouldn't. Plo wouldn't let him know who was going the other way. That was that was the hang up on that deal. We could have had a Hashik instead of Detroit. All right, we got another good comment here. God damn it, Matt Harris, you're killing me. I bet Hall keeps his shoes in a crease shaped shoe rack. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's pretty good. That's funny. That's pretty solid. That's sweet. <laughs> we should screen grab that and uh, use that for the uh, promo tomorrow on Twitter. <laughs> that with the yes. comment on the screen. You know what? Let me uh, let's just go ahead and do it now, shall we? <laughs> Smile, this... Kurt. Okay, Jeez. there we go. <laughs> Perfect. Great. Perfect. Uh, NHL expansion coming soon. Um, Eric, not gonna work here anymore. Of the Athletic discusses uh, six cities the NHL could expand to in the near future. How do you pronounce his last name? Do Hadashek. Do. Do hot check. Do hot I check. Believe. Do hot check. Yeah. That sounds right. That looks right. Do hot check. Do hot yeah. check. You could be completely it's hard C this uh, side of the pond. Do hot check. S H C is a hard C is a C H. Hmm. Do hot <laughs> Basically. I think okay. there's a T in there somewhere too. Do, do hot and then C H. Do hot check. Do hot check. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he gives a breakdown of uh, it's a long article about uh, uh, which cities he thinks uh, are deserving of an NHL franchise. And actually, I saw a link in his article that talked about which I hadn't seen this article before uh, about if you were to create a 32 team NHL league today, which cities would you choose? Like you wipe the slate clean of all the franchises and you just pick 32 cities in Canada and, and, and the United States. And who would you pick? That was a that was an interesting little article. Check that out. Yeah, and we actually had someone try to do that with us. I think it was start of this year. Um, that could be a fun summer show for yeah. us to do. It, that would. Um, I'm sure 98 percent of our answers would be the same. Maybe. Right. Uh, we'd have a few different ones. I'm sure. But his six were Houston, which I I I. I don't agree with some of these. Houston, Atlanta, Toronto. So giving Toronto a second team. He argues that Toronto could support four teams. Uh, well, I, maybe he's exaggerating, but he's trying to make a point. Uh, Quebec, Kansas City, and Halifax. <laughs> Dude, 
Would we lose Ken Morris? Would we lose him? <laughs> Probably. Would he stop listening to the show? Probably. You got to root we for the hometown you, team, Ken. Right? Don't leave us when the <laughs> Halifax Moose Giants uh, start playing in the NHL. No, the Halifax Hooligans. Ooh, got to get the like alliter- alliteration there. The Halifax Hot Men. How about that? <laughs> the Halifax Hot Potatoes. <laughs> the Halifax Carl Lip- Lindbaum's <laughs> Lip- Carl Lip- Lipbaum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, okay, another team in Texas. I, I don't know why that okay, doesn't surprise so me. Or a shock. The, the, okay, there's there's a positive and a negative with Houston. The positive is that's one of the and, – and I just learned this a couple of years ago. That's one of the biggest media markets in the world, which I did not know. So it makes sense the NHL would want to try and tap into that. But Arizona – <laughs> like I keep going back to Arizona, that has not worked out. Well, so they're building an arena though, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's they're going to be there for a while, and they have a they're going to have like a no move lease, I think it is. It's I don't. Know, I've that, gotten to the point where I I'm starting to think that Arizona is purposely here only to be an NHL dumping ground. <laughs> you guys want to. <laughs> You guys want to dump off your terrible contracts? That's what the Arizona Coyotes are here Was it like for. F- over 40% of their payroll now at the end of the season is on contracts they've taken on? Uh, 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 contracts they've, uh, they've uh, 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 what's the word? I lost the word. Contracts they've, uh, they've assumed. Acquired? Uh, uh, like percentage. Uh, they're paying a percentage of someone else's contracts for yeah it's like 40 percent or they're either taking on a contract that teams didn't want or they're paying a percentage of another uh team's contract and got a pick in return to help them uh fit a guy into the cap that's yeah what you said is is correct that's that's for over 40 percent of their salary if right you now were is to draft up the greatest like players that have played for organization or players that have been under contract with, with organizations the arizona coyotes would compete with everyone in the NHL. They've had every great player the last 20 years. The Blues. Only their contracts, though. The Blues have to be up there. Well, yeah, Wait. but Martin Brodeur and Net, Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. Yep. Yep. Shanahan. No, I mean, but Hall. Arizona has Pronger. Fuhrer. They've got Datsuk. Uh, Shea Weber now. Um, I know they've had a ton more that I'm drawing the blank on, but they've had a ton of great contracts come yeah. through there. Um, so it, it, I, I have no desire for the lead to go back to Atlanta. Um, I, I, you, you, you are the opposite. I know, right? You said you would love to see a team back there. I you think thought they, they were screwed. Screwed over, like St. Louis has with football. The NFL. Okay. Yeah, I think I think if they had a product that actually turned out to be decent. Remember this again. I know I've said this on the show before. Atlanta has—they never won a playoffs here. They never even won a playoff game. They went to the playoffs one time and they got swept. Keith Kachuk was on that team, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if you put in a product that's decent, because they start their attendance off the bat was good, but they just sucked the whole time they were there, and fans lost interest. I think. They have every right, just like any other t- any other city that's lost an NHL team. They have as much right as anyone to get a third chance. They were there eleven seasons, which is not very long. No. Um, first season there, they averaged uh, seventeen thousand two hundred six, and uh, next season was fifteen thousand two hundred. After that, was thirteen thousand six six eight, 
And then it came back up again. Uh, yeah, I, and the last three years were pretty bad. Well, 14,000, 13,000, 13,000. They weren't awful. I mean, they're not like yeah. the Coyotes are right now. Just imagine <laughs> again if you had any kind of semblance of a playoff push. They're going to draw fans. They've got they've got a huge, huge population in Atlanta. Like, I, I think hockey would do fine there if they just fucking put together a decent squad for one time. I want to say the Blues attendance back in, like, the mid-2000s when they were god-awful, I think, uh, was like 12,000 average. That one or two yeah, seasons, it was, it was terrible. Lo- it was low. Yep. Put that up. So anyway, no, I'm I'm all for Atlanta getting another chance. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I could see maybe in the next twenty years, but not in the next ten. I, eh, it's too soon since uh, the Thrashers it, left. Oh six oh seven, the Blues were at twelve thousand five twenty average for a home game, which was the worst since eighty five eighty six, where they averaged twelve thousand two thirty. Man, and their worst season. Well, the worst was their first because the the arena wouldn't hold that much. It only right. held, it only held like eight thousand, nine thousand, and they averaged yeah, like nine thousand. But in seventy eight, seventy nine, and they went up to eighteen thousand, like seventy two, seventy three. They averaged eighteen thousand. But then in the late seventies, and this was this was right before uh, Ralston Purina uh, bought the team, I think uh, they were averaging ten thousand. Oh, for seventy seven, seventy eight, seventy eight, seventy nine was ten thousand. Then went up a tick in in eighty. Yeah, but they didn't really crank it up until Hall got here after that. Uh, so what do you think about Toronto getting a second team? No. I, no? I, I mean, can they support it? And would it be a cool rivalry rivalry with the Maple Leafs? Yeah. But I, I'd, I'd rather put it in Hamilton. That's not too far from Toronto, right? Give Hamilton a team. Give it to them. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. And they would draw um, from yeah, Toronto's area. The only... Again, positive and negative here. I think the positive would be that your population's big enough to where you could support two teams. You've got, like you said, Hamilton. You've got cities around it where maybe they're not Maple Leafs fans, and they will say, yeah, hey, you know what? Um, I'm going to be a fan of this new team. Fuck the Maple Leafs. Um, but, yeah, the the negative, I think, is just that area is so rich in Maple Leafs culture you're not going to draw a Maple Leafs fan away from do you, from being a Maple Leafs fan. True. Do you know... Okay, so Toronto and Buffalo are very close together. Um, I'm looking at a map. I didn't realize they were that close, actually. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah bu- Buffalo's we right on the border. It. Yeah, Buffalo's right on the border. We drove it. It's like two and a half, three hours, I think. And then Hamilton sits smack dab right in the middle of Buffalo and Toronto. Yeah. So that would be like... Imagine the rivalry that would exist between those three teams. Oof. That'd be cool. I, I would love this. And the, and you got to call them the Mustangs, don't you? Oh, yeah. After the movie? 100%. After uh, yeah. Youngblood? Um, that'd be cool. I I would uh, I'd love to see that. Even though... Putting a team there geographically seems stupid. Yeah, I know, but that's such a hockey rich area. I know. You got to think that they would they would still draw and and you got to figure people too. Even Maple Leafs fans would say, "Well, Maple Leafs tickets are three hundred dollars to sit in the three hundreds. I'll go check out this new team, and you know, tickets are probably a fraction of that. So I think you would still draw enough interest, but you got to wonder if they could move that a little bit out. Um, I don't know, can help us out with some areas in like more in northeastern Canada that could maybe well, 
Ottawa's, a team. Ottawa's already there. Uh, Quebec is is a town that Quebec would be yeah. awesome. I, I, you know that back when they were trying to take bids for expansion teams, Quebec was the only other city outside of Vegas that put up the expansion fee. It was like three hundred million dollars or something. And they I think didn't it was even four fifty. And then Seattle was like six hundred thousand or six hundred million. Yeah. 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 They whatever it was. Well, I don't think Seattle in the original bid, I don't think Seattle even got a bid together. If I remember correctly, because oh, they I, I guess but, I think the ownership split and they couldn't make up the money. The the I, I do know the 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 fee for Seattle was about six hundred million. And I think uh, Seattle was, I think Vegas was 450, something like that. And, and when they, they were the, talking about they took... the, the, uh, this team, if they did expand again, it could be a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. Expansion team. Expansion well, team. they were saying that um, when, when, so when Vegas, when they first opened up expansion, it was Vegas and Quebec City that put together the amount. Again, I think it was whatever you said, it was 450, whatever it was. Something like that. But yeah. yeah. And, Quebec was not even considered because I guess from what I understand, Montreal pitched a fit and was like, no, that's going to divide our fan base. And I'm Did... like, really? You're concerned about losing fans? No one is leaving Montreal to go. If you're a, if, yeah. again, if you're a Habs fan, you're not leaving the Habs to become a fan of a new expansion team. You're going to be a Habs fan for life. And, and the Nordiques existed for a while and, the Habs did just fine. Actually, the Habs won some cups with Quebec in the league. And so. Quebec, uh, the only reason they left, it wasn't because of attendance, because their ownership was dog shit. So I think Quebec would be an excellent spot to put it. And Quebec and Montreal had a fierce rivalry, too. Yes, they did. So, and they had some of the best jerseys in the NHL, too. Did. Let's yeah. not forget they that. They were fantastic. Um, and then what about Kansas, Kansas City? City? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm biased, right? I think Kansas City would be yeah. a great rival for the Blues. It'd be fantastic. It would steal from some of the fan base of the Blues. Yeah, that one would. I, yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I think Kansas City fans, like my my sister in law um, and brother in law, they both live uh, in on the Kansas side, just outside Kansas City. They're pretty big Blues fans, but they've been out there long enough now. They've been out there for about four or five years. I could see if a new team came into Kansas City, they'd say. Yeah, we're not Blues fans anymore. So I could see that happening. Yeah, but I think the Blues have enough support here in St. Louis and the rest of Missouri that I think they'd be fine. Blues and Illinois, clearly. Yeah. Oh, uh, the it's from Springfield on down is solid Blues country. Um, yep. So, which which not many people think about. You see all these coverage maps for fan bases. You know, it's uh, uh, all of Illinois is usually the uh, Blackhawks, and it's like you no. Know, it, it, it's a piece of shit map. That's not true. Um, south of Springfield is all blues uh, country, except for uh, Carbondale area, which uh, is uh, where the university is. And there's a lot of transplants from Chicago there. So that's why that little that little hub of Blackhawks fans is down there. Yeah, I still think, like, uh, for, for uh, St. Louis, Kansas City, Columbia, I think you're still going to have blues fans there. They're close enough. Like, I... I have a friend who went to school there and he still came in like even shit sometimes once a week to come see a blues game. Like it's close enough to where that's not going to be an issue. Um, And I think the travel between the two teams would be great because I think, you know, the Kansas city scouts come to town 
you're going to get Kansas City fans coming in, and then same thing when when the uh, when Kansas City's hosting a Blues game, you'll get plenty of Blues fans coming in. I think that type of thing is would be so much fun to have too. I I hate Blackhawks fans. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but man, when when it's even in the arena or like leaning towards Blues, it's annoying, but it's fun. It's fun to have that rivalry back and forth. And if we had that with a Kansas City team, give me that all day. It's I agree with you. It's interesting to see the argument that he makes for Halifax, which I don't think would be on many people's radar, even though uh, a lot of good hockey players have come out of there. And, that, and that's his initial uh, argument for Halifax becoming the next NHL team. Is that it's home to people like Crosby, McKinnon, Marchand, um, and they have a Ken successful Morris. Ken Morris. They have a successful junior franchise uh, in Canada too, uh, the Mooseheads. So, uh, but I mean, it's and it's that building seats eleven thousand for hockey. So I'll read some of this. Uh, a new building would be required, and uh, uh, corporate backing would be an issue. If Quebec City is a long shot, Halifax is probably a pipe dream, and it would probably require an expansion up. Up to forty teams before it would ever get to the point where you would make a reasonable case for a team. By then, it's likelier the NHL would consider expansion to Europe before they even consider the Canadian uh, Maritimes. Still, the idea that sometimes in the far off future, Crosby, McKinnon, Marshan, and others from the area uh, invest in a team in Halifax is a delicious scenario to ponder. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I did. They they did talk about um, making the NHL a worldwide league. Uh, Europe, Asia, and North America, and you'd have a chunk of games played in the U.S. Uh, North America, and you have a chunk of games played in. Uh, they'd rotate basically. A chunk of games played in Europe, and a chunk played in Asia. And so, when you travel to Europe, you play I don't know fifteen, twenty games, and then go on to Asia. I'm not sure if I'd like that or not. You would be killing the revenue from your building. Uh, yeah, for these teams. I'm not sure how that would work. But. Yeah, I'm not a. That's like a. What do they call that? Like barnstorming when you go from city to city. And yeah. Yeah, I. I don't want that. Now, if there was a situation where, the NHL had, ties, and we're probably talking at this point twenty, thirty, forty years down the road, they had ties across the world, and it was like, hey, we got, we got a, we got a, uh, you know, NHL Europe. We've got NHL Asia. We've got. NHL yeah. Africa, whatever. NHL Antarctica, whatever. Um, is there an ice rink in Africa? Know, there's probably one. There's probably at least one. <laughs> South right? Africa, there's probably uh, one. A couple pond rinks, I'm sure. <laughs> but, no, um, if you had something like that, and then, and then like, you have your NHL, like, your pure NHL North America, you have your Stanley Cup winner, and then you play, like, that champion goes on to play champions from other leagues, that would be fucking That'd be cool. amazing. That'd be cool. Like a, I would a love World that, Cup of but... Hockey, right? Yeah, exactly. An actual World Cup of Hockey. Yes, I yeah. would love that. But, again, that is probably oh, years upon years in the future. 30, 40, 50 years away. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just don't see that working that way. But, yeah, if they did it to where they were just playing chunks of games across, no, don't, don't do that. that. Your fan base is... You're you're basically alienating a bunch of your current fan base just to make new fans across the world. Yeah, I don't. 
I wouldn't. Yeah, it would. It would suck to you know, next home games in three months. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, it's a great home stand, great five game home stand, guys. Uh, we'll see you in two months. Right. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Vegas paid five hundred million, and Seattle paid six fifty. So those are the numbers. Damn. It's a lot. Yeah, now with inflation, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. you're probably looking at a billion. Well, and expansion's not on the immediate horizon because they just did with Seattle. So I can't imagine they'd do it for a while, a little while. But when they do, it could be a billion dollars. I can't remember what movie that was. There's a movie, or maybe it was even a book. We were talking about how uh, like it was set in the future, like in 2040, and uh, they said Major League Baseball had 50 teams. And I'm like... <laughs> I can't even imagine a 50-team league. Holy shit. That'd be uh, nuts. Uh, Matt Harris says, I don't think hockey is an accessible enough sport to have a hockey World Cup, unfortunately. I'm with you if you're trying to count every country uh, or most countries. Um, but there's a World Cup of hockey now every so often. You know, it's uh, right. But it's mostly European teams and, and uh, North America, South and North America, Canada, European teams, um, Russia, so Japan. Damn it, Ken! Don't make me like Sidney Crosby. Uh, Ken Morris says Sidney Crosby sponsored a team's a kids team from Africa to play in a minor hockey tournament in Halifax. That's pretty amazing. I don't. I'm one of those guys who doesn't hate Sidney Crosby. So uh, Ken Morris again adds here: Portland, Oregon should get a team or move the Coyotes there. Yeah, I got a friend in Portland, and he is. I mean, he's he's a Blues fan. He's from St. Louis. But uh, he has adopted the Kraken as well. But he's like, I will abandon the Kraken in a heartbeat if uh, Portland ever gets a team. And I, they've, they're hockey mad up there. So I would love to see that too. Um, they are building a, a an arena in Arizona, correct? I mean, that's happening for sure. I, I don't know if it's – I don't know if it's official – I know, I know that, I know it, that is the it, plan. It's 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 passed a number of hurdles. I don't think it's passed every hurdle yet, because yeah. because they're going to play uh, in Arizona State uh, Arena for two years at least. I think it's three or four. is it three or four? So yeah, I mean it. So if plans were already approved, they would be starting groundbreaking soon, right? I mean, you think. I don't think it's it's actually a done deal yet. Although in November of 2022, uh, Tempe's council approved the proposed arena. They're voting on the approval of the arena in May. Okay. One last vote. One last vote. Okay. So that's, that's what we'll what, find out for sure. That's from our friend Matt Harris. I'm. You know what? Uh, I, I, I I I'm almost hoping it fails. I want to see Arizona go somewhere else. I I that I don't. I've been I've been on the keep them there because there's fans there and I think the fans deserve a shot. But man, I'll admit this last trade deadline actually is what swayed me. I'm like it, it took it took this long for me to be swayed and say again, I'm really thinking the NHL has looked at Arizona now as the dumping ground. And I'm sorry, you can't have that in pro sports. Like a, a basically a get out of jail free card for these GMs who can't control themselves. Oh, we got Arizona. They'll take our contracts. Like that's fucking stupid. You know, so what? if that's the way it's going to be, I'd, re I'd rather they move them. 
their attendance has never been great. I mean, unless their arena just doesn't hold many fans. Because, let me see here. Does their arena like 16,000 max? Okay, so, I'm sorry, real quick. Arizona, um, they signed for three years. So okay. this year, 23, 24, and then 24, 25, with an additional option for the 25, 26 season. Arizona's attendance has never averaged over 16,000 a game. Um, hmm. And last season, it was 11,600. Uh, and most seasons, it's like 13. They haven't. Hit, they didn't have a single season over uh, 40, 14,000 average from 09-10 through 18-19. Ten years. Ten years, they averaged under 14,000 a game for 10 straight years. East. So I mean, there, if I'm wrong, if I'm, tell, tell me if I'm wrong here, because you've got the numbers in front of you. The Ronick Kachuk days, if you can go back that far, they did pretty well there when they were good and competitive. That was what oh three oh what was oh what was that ninety six Kachuk came late, here okay. in oh one, so it would have been like ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine somewhere. Okay, in there. so ninety six. This only goes back to ninety six, ninety seven, which was their first right. Year, their first right? that makes sense. Okay, makes sense. Uh, yeah, their first few years, fifteen five. Their first year in the league was by far their best attendance. Uh, second year was first three years about the same fifteen thousand five, first three years, and then if if I remember correctly, that was the basketball arena they were playing in, and yeah. I think that's about what it seated. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, so Matt Harris, uh, the fan base is here talking about Arizona where he lives. Uh, the fan base is here. Even seeing the kids playing growing here is insane. Silently, For like... long stretches of time, the Yotes have been in Glendale, while their fan base is almost an hour west. After the move out of Phoenix, ownership saw a big drop in trust and good faith from the fans. Yeah, and, and I'll say, like, I've never been to uh, Phoenix or Glendale, but I remember reading, like, like actual posts from, like, Coyotes writers back in the 2000s when they moved to Glendale. What the hell are they doing moving out there? Nobody's out there. That's a business area. That's a business district that people drive to. Like, the fans aren't out there. Why are you going out there? So, yeah, I think that is a big issue why Arizona has not worked out. But maybe if they can build a larger arena and start actually competing, maybe we see something different. But it's a, like I said, this past year is the first time that I've really been like, okay, time to move on. It's a $2 billion proposed arena. That's massive. That is. That's you twice. Fucking work. That's twice <laughs> what uh, the Cowboys stadium cost. Wasn't that the first billion dollar stadium, I think? Yeah. And, and I think it, I've been there. It's the, fucking beautiful. Wasn't the Rams stadium like $5 billion, Something stupid. It was a lot in LA. Oh, look at this. Matt Harris, y'all fly out for a Yotes game next year. The <laughs> atmosphere is insane. I'll even house and feed y'all. Um, that goes out to everyone listening to the show, not just the host. <laughs> so we're going to have a party at Matt Harris's place. House and feed. Uh, what kind of beer you got? <laughs> yeah, that is that is key. We need some good beer. It's like it's like when they're trying to talk Thor into you know, coming back to the Avengers. There's beer on board. <laughs> What kind? Beer on the ship. What kind? (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, all right. Uh, next up for the Blues, we got uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, well, Wednesday, versus Minnesota at 8.30 in St. Louis. I will be at that game with my daughter. Um, little Christmas gift from uh, her to me so that uh, I can take her to a game. Oh, that's yeah. a, so she spent your money to she, uh, take you to a Blues game. Right. <laughs> Uh yeah, so we're uh we're uh, going and uh, it'll be fun. Uh, no expectations, right, with this team anymore. So it's just gonna go sit back and enjoy uh, watching some guys play hockey uh, at hopefully a high level. <laughs> no man, that's that's awesome. I um no I I make that joke with everybody when they're like, oh yeah, my kid got me this, and I'm just like, oh, so they tapped into your right. bank account and uh, spent your money. <laughs> Great, right? Uh. But no, I, that's that's awesome of her to give you that gift. Uh, clearly, something you'll love. Plus, it's making memories with your kid. That's she, always the best. Huge blues fan. Uh, she can talk blues hockey better than you know most people I know. Most people on social media. So, uh, and she's thirteen. So, well, yeah, I was gonna say we had some some pretty deep talks at uh, Cardinals Nation that yeah. night that she uh, came with <laughs> you. So, yeah, she knows her stuff, man. She like, good for you. She, I mean. She still has tons of questions, right? Like any kid her age would. But uh, she's she's a sponge. You know, she loves uh, soaking up the information. Cardinals baseball too. She's a baseball fan. I, I, well, just the other day, I uh, came upstairs. I was working from home, and, and they were here. And I went upstairs, and she was watching Miracle on the uh, the kitchen TV nice. while she ate lunch. And uh, I'm like, ah, just so proud of you for putting on a sports movie, hockey movie <laughs> while you're watching. Yep. Um, yeah, we watched Eight Men Out and A League of Their Own, and she loves that stuff. Nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, my wife and I were just talking. We need to watch A League of Their Own. We haven't showed that to our son yet. That's so. a great movie. That's a really yeah, good movie. Yeah, he'd love it. Yeah, well, we... Uh, well, no, done, well done sports scenes, too. Oh, for sure, 100%. The, the athletes actually, or the actors actually know how to play athletes in that movie, yes. which is great. Yes. Because uh, that was not the case. One of my favorite movies of all time, Major League. Not the case in Major League. <laughs> Not so much, especially uh, 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 what's his name, the pitcher. Yeah, he couldn't. He didn't. He he can't throw. He can't throw. <laughs> you gotta Harris. get a guy you could at least throw. Yeah, Harris. You gotta yeah. get a guy you could at least throw a damn ball to be you, your pitcher. You tell me, Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball. <laughs> oh, Christ, Up your Harris. butt, Joe Boo. Up your butt, Joe Boo. Yeah, <laughs> Joe Boo needs a refill. No, no, same with my son, man. I, uh, you know, it, it, special needs. He he doesn't turn on the TV himself like your daughter, but we'll be sitting there and, you know, I'll have something on. I'll, like, I, we were watching X-Men, the animated series the other night, which he enjoys and he loves, but he just turns to me and he just goes, watch hockey. And I was like, <laughs> oh, you want to watch hockey? He's like, yes. I'm like, all right. Don't have to argue with me. You got it. <laughs> like, yeah. Anytime you want to watch hockey, that's what we're going to do. That's awesome. My daughter will say, like, when she goes to bed, <clears throat> and during the week, she, her bedtime is about 9 o'clock, and uh, she'll always ask me, Dad, can you put a hockey game on in the living room so I can hear it while I'm going to sleep? Nice. And uh, and she goes, I don't care what game it is. Just put a game on. She likes listening to the games. So it's pretty cool. It's fun. Um, so we got, uh, real quick before we uh, wrap up here, folks, we got Lawrence Frazier, who I believe is a new live listener. Um, he says, do the Blues have a chance at the Connor Bedard sweepstakes? Yes. Yes, they do have a chance. <laughs> well, they're it's in a the, small chance. They're in the sweepstakes, right? There's 11 yeah. teams that get in the sweepstakes, so. Yeah, they've got a chance. It's minimal, but 
again, uh, New Jersey, I think, is the one that's taken the biggest leap under the system, right? They were number, was it number 11? And they moved up to number two, uh, which was ridiculous, or number three or something like that. The biggest jump. They had there. like a, yeah. They had like a 4% chance to do that, and they landed it. So anything's possible as long as you're in that bottom 11. Yeah. Uh, Chances are not good. I think right now our odds are like 5%. Um, And they could, if we finish, we talked about this last show, if the Blues do finish with like the fifth or sixth worst record, which they're about eighth or ninth right now, something like that, I think ninth. Uh, if they finish fifth or sixth worst, their percentage of uh, moving up to the number one spot would be like eight or nine percent, something like that. Eight right. or nine, not eighty-nine. Eight or nine percent. Eight or nine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt Harris, uh, dream scenario here, right? I can't wait to see the Blues finish with a better record and better draft pick <laughs> than Chicago. So not only would they have a better record, a better draft pick, but they also got more for Tarasenko than Chicago got for Patrick Kane. Yeah. <laughs> You know, people are people are already calling a uh, conspiracy uh, because they feel the NHL is going to award Chicago with the number one pick because they're Chicago and Kane and Taze just left, or well, Kane just uh, uh, Kane just left. Taze is on his way out, and uh, they need a superstar up there, and they're going to give him Bedard. Would would you would you be crying conspiracy at that point? They're going to finish what what are they? They're going to finish the bottom three, whatever it is, right? Yeah, I don't think I do. No, um, I'm not. I'm not a conspiracy guy with that stuff. I, I think I'm not either. Because right now they're the third worst record. Um, they could finish with the second worst or last overall if they just tank really bad. But um, if the NHL did that, and if it was found out, that would ruin. Oh, that would be such a huge controversy and that would kill the league for a while but that'd just do way more damage than See, this is worth here's what they do and and i i'm with you 100 i i don't believe there's any conspiracy there at no, all no. um the thing they do that would alleviate all of this and i don't get why they don't do do it the right way is when they have their little draft lottery special right they have uh is it bill daly that does it yeah he comes out not bill day they hold bill the cards daly. up they hold the cards up yeah they don't they, do the balls already made the picks i know and they hold the cards up eighth pick edmonton oilers seventh pick uh st louis blues like why not like a lottery show have the balls spinning and yep. then pull them out like it's like an actual like Missouri lottery jackpot winner thing <laughs> where you pull them out and you say ninth pick is New Jersey Devils. Right. Eighth pick, Buffalo Sabres. Like, do you really have to have it predetermined before? And 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 like I know that people would be like, well, you know, some teams get more balls or whatever, but like oh. You pull out a ball too many times. You say, "Okay, we already got him into no." You know, I, you could work it out sure. to where it would work, and and you could easily just show all the balls balls going in. You know, like mm-hmm. this team has so many balls. This team has so many balls. And you just put them in one one at a time and make it. I'd watch it. Make it a thirty minute thing. Uh, oh, uh, dude, I I would watch the I I've watched the draft lottery thing just in the background. Yeah. Something like this, even if the Blues aren't included, if it was like real time, we're making these picks, 
I would watch that every damn time. It, they they really dropped the ball with this. They could make it a pun intended. <laughs> they could make it a half an hour or an hour show. They drag it out if they wanted to. Um, but just show the be be completely transparent with all of it. Show each team's balls going into the thing. Um, and uh, and just and make a special out of it. Have the commentators there and. And the build-up to it, uh, it'd be kind of cool. I mean, what what else does the NHL Network have going on uh, when the lottery is being uh, held? Nothing. Just preempt, you know, uh, the a replay of a game from 1998 that they're showing. Yeah, they always do that. It, and, and I think, if I remember correctly, I think they say that they pre-record Bill Daly doing it too. Oh, really? And it's like... Why is this not live? All of it. Make it. And, and if you're like, oh, Bill Daly, he won't be able to do it live. Get a fucking celebrity to do it. Why can't you Why, do it live? Get John Hamm out there to do it. Why can't you do it live? What's the... We do this live? What the fuck? Who... Yeah. <laughs> we we are broadcast to tens of people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 well, I... Either way, I'll be watching it. But um, the Blues will be in it. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> they don't go on a yeah. run. Yeah, watch them go on a run and, and oh, finish. Finish twelfth. Uh, yeah, twelfth worst. Yeah, twelfth or fourteenth. Yeah, that would that that would be the worst case scenario. You, you finish just outside the lottery uh, options. Uh, winning limited. I need a shirt for LGB Radio. You guys make me drunk. Oh my god, I hate the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> Look up the gold plan, folks. Called the gold plan. Uh, Mr. Winning Unlimited uh, came up with a good one. Called the gold plan. It is. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense to me why it's called the gold plan. Hmm. I mean, his name, his given birth name is Winning Unlimited. (laughs) Could have been the platinum plan for the alliteration with the P's. That sounds better. Platinum plan. (laughs) Pat Harris has ordered a shirt. Hey, folks, if you're listening now and you didn't hear our open... Let's go blues.com slash shop. Order yourself a Let's Go Blues Radio shirt and support the show and uh, support some awesome designs created by our own Kirk Price. Uh, they are out there and available. My favorite, the friend of the show shirt. Friend of the show. <laughs> I love it. With the love two it. big thumbs up thumbs up on it. Yeah. Might have to give that to our panelists this year. Ah. For our uh, summer series. We should give them a yeah. friend of the show shirt. And we could we could go to a local printer too to throw some money locally. Yeah. Yep. Agree. I got a good one out here, my way in uh, in Oakville. So yeah, that'd be good. Uh, what else? Any, any other any other riveting comments we got here? Um, no. Thank you guys. Uh, you guys have did very well tonight, though. Thank you for yes. Thank you for your contributions, guys. The uh, the audience always the uh, number one star of our shows. Number one goes to the audience. Number two always goes to Bill Day. <laughs> and uh, number three goes to, uh, I don't know, uh, Mike Burgoyne at strikewithmike.com. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. 
Visit rockinthatidealife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidealife.com and get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockinthatidealife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Mike Burgoyne from Real Brokerage Realty. Visit strikewithmike.com today for all of your home buying and selling needs. That's strikewithmike.com and by Center Ice Brewery. St. Louis's tasty hockey-themed beer. Check out your local beer vendors for availability. That's Center Ice Brewery Beer. Please drink responsibly. Let's go beer. <laughs> That'll wrap up Episode 28 of Season 11 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook Live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. Uh, for Jeff Ponder and the on-assignment Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. Uh, oh, and on the on-assignment uh, Austin Lynch as well. Until next time, everyone, let's go Halifax. C-I-T-Y, <laughs> uh, C-I-T-Y, city, 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 and ca Nice. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well... There's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again, they're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.